Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 369 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about the truth behind being nervous in tennis matches. If you've ever played a competitive match of tennis, then you've been nervous. You've had some anxiety. And in my experience, there's a lot of misconceptions around what that feeling is or what that emotion is, what it means, what it says about you. And it causes, for me, it's really kind of at the root of why people struggle with quote-unquote mental toughness in the game of tennis. And so today I'd like to share a, a story about my game, something that I just experienced less than, well, actually just about 24 hours ago, and tell you three lessons that I learned. Just kind of talk about three big takeaways, because I just experienced a lot of nervousness myself just 24 hours ago on a tennis court. And so I just kind of want to tell that story and talk about three big takeaways that I had after going through that experience. So the match I played yesterday, I played a competitive match yesterday, and it was the highest stakes, biggest pressure experience that I've had in many months, uh, possibly several years. And just very quickly, for those of you who haven't been following the, our YouTube channel, the Essential Tennis YouTube channel, or maybe following our content on Facebook, some really quick backstory. About seven or eight months ago, I made the decision that I was going to start training again as a player after almost 20 years of just kind of focusing on developing myself as a coach and helping other players as much as possible, I decided that I was going to start training as a, as a player again, like as a competitor. So I started doing training sessions with a local high-performance coach and kind of be, became the student again. That's been an amazing experience. Started training with local area four five and five oh level players and really just kind of documenting the the whole thing on our youtube channel and on our facebook page and i've also started playing matches i signed up for a tournament last year unfortunately i hurt myself really badly just before that tournament and so this match i played yesterday was my first competitive match back after four to five months of rehab from that injury that i had last year and so my plan for yesterday's match was to kind of ease back into match play. And I scheduled a match against an opponent who I knew was a solid kind of full level below me because we had actually played previously or kind of early in my journey to come back to the court as a player. And I knew the tempo and the speed he would give me would be perfect to just kind of test myself out, test out my, my foot, my ankle, which is what I hurt really badly five months ago. And I've also been having kind of some nagging issues with my lower back and a little bit of shoulder tightness recently. So I, I wanted to test my body in an environment where I wasn't pushed to, you know, try to go 110% and kind of be a little bit more laid back and, and not super, you know, full intensity. Well, that opponent canceled 24 hours before we were supposed to play. And so we scrambled to fill, fill somebody else in and we found a player to jump in. And this, we, 
we, the whole you know like production basically is planned around each match that I play, including recently commentators, you know, watching and, and giving play-by-play commentary and doing a live stream to our academy members area so they can watch it live and just all kinds of things. So rather than cancel the whole thing, I found a player to stand in and he's actually played another local tennis YouTuber who's a strong 4-5 player. And this person that played the local YouTuber who I was and ended up uh, going to play lost to that really strong four or five player three six three six and i got beat by that person who he played against i think it was six one and one five it was actually the person i was playing against when i got hurt five months ago so you know the head-to-head you know i we played a, a mutual opponent i lost pretty badly like one game in each set and he won three games in each set against the same opponent and on video, he looked really strong to me. He t- hit big serves. He hit winning shots from the baseline. And so all of a sudden, what should have been, or what I thought was going to be, a very kind of laid back, kind of half speed, maybe three-quarter speed match experience, suddenly, 24 hours out, everything kind of shifted. And my mindset all the, uh, now was on like, oh, man, how am I like – it's probably a coin flip. Like I felt like I was in better shape now than I was months ago when I had that result, that like one six one six result against our mutual opponent. So I didn't think it was like a automatic, like for sure loss to this player. But now all of a sudden, in front of me, I'm seeing what likely is like a really big, you know, challenge competitively. And to make matters worse, I, I kind of tweaked my back the week before, and I've been working really hard to rehab my body. And so now I was kind of face-to-face with the prospect of being probably significantly pushed physically on a day where I was hoping to just kind of ease back into things. So that's kind of setting the stage. And again, appears like two other coaches were going to be watching and doing commentary, and we were going to be live streaming the match to our members area. And so there were all these other factors. This isn't just going out and playing like a friendly match. Any, pretty much any time I play these days or I train, there's cameras recording all over the place and we're doing it for content. So I know in the back of my head, tens of thousands of people, I and mean, literally tens of thousands of people are going to see whatever happens any given day that I go out onto the courts. So that 24-hour mark the nerves kind of started coming. And so this is point number one. So that, that's just kind of laying the groundwork. I, I wanted to let you know the context. This is, you know, what I'm explaining is me, 48, just 48 hours ago, I really wanted to record this episode while I was fresh in my, in my head because there were three really big takeaways for me as I lived through this experience of the lead-up and then the actual match. In the lead-up to the match, I was very strongly reminded of a mindset or perspective shift that I've been working on for many years now. I would say this goes back six, seven, eight years for me personally. I started feeling those feelings of nervousness or tension or anxiety, the the butterflies in the stomach kind of thing about 24, maybe 48 hours out before I knew that this was going to be the match day. My first match back after a four-month or five-month rehab, 
and so much expect like I've been working so hard the last four months, five months to get in better shape to try to rehab like this bad injury that I had so many physical therapy sessions and appointments and just uh, so much effort. If you've ever been injured, which you probably have, if you've been playing tennis for a long time, you know how much of a struggle it can be to just get back to feeling good again. And then how much pressure it can kind of be on that, that first match, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm going to go test myself. And this is like a big meaningful, like I've invested all this time, all this energy. It's all going to culminate into this match experience that's, that's coming up like right around the corner. And you want to perform well and you don't want to get hurt again. And, you know, you don't want to be disappointed, so on and so forth. And so as I started feeling these feelings for the first time in many months, it reminded me of something that I've been working on personally for a long time. I once heard it said, I don't remember where originally, but many years ago, the question was posed and I don't know if it was an interview I was listening to or a book I was reading or what. But just consider for a moment that the feeling of being nervous is very, very similar to the feeling of being excited. Just kind of sit on that for a moment. Just kind of think back to whenever you were nervous recently about something. And then also think about a, a different experience recently for you personally where you were really excited about something. And just kind of, if you can just kind of go back and, and internally just kind of relive a little bit, put yourself back in that scenario and just kind of, just kind of reflect on what, like physically, like biologically speaking or mentally or emotionally, like what did, what did that feel like? And if you're like me, when you reflect on that, you realize that they're very similar feelings, mentally, emotionally, physically. And so what if, just ponder for a moment, and hopefully you think you give this some thought for years to come, what if they're actually the exact same thing, like chemically speaking, happening in our, happening in our bodies? What if it's the exact same thing, but some people decode or perceive that feeling as, wow, I'm really nervous. I've got a lot of anxiety about what's about to happen in my life, whatever it is. And what if other people perceive that feeling inside as, man, I'm really excited about this opportunity that's in front of me, whatever it is. For me, in this instance, it was, it was a tennis match. What if it's just a matter of perspective? What, is, what if it's a matter of which lens you're looking through? The implications are are super, super big. If every time something important, some kind of important life event for you, competitively or otherwise, if when you feel that feeling, you say to yourself, oh, I'm I'm so nervous. Like, am I not prepared? Am I going to choke? Like, is this the start of like a a big choke or like a breakdown? Or like, am I going to perform really bad? Like... Like, what is my body trying to tell me right now? Like, this is so uncomfortable. And there's this negative snowball effect that happens. On the other hand, if you perceive it as excitement, that's super, that's great. That's a positive. It means this is an important thing for you. And this match was important to me. I love competition. I love tennis. And I had worked hard to get to this point. 
And so it was just a, a fresh, you know, a very fresh, like tangible experience for me, a reminder for me of having this experience and feeling those feelings. And I'm fine with those feelings. Not only am I fine with them, but to me at this point, after years of kind of asking myself this question, am I, is, it, is this really being nervous or it, am I just really excited about this opportunity? And maybe it sounds like semantics to you, but I would, I would really challenge you and encourage you to really think hard about this. Because if the bottom line is that you just love that you get the chance to do this and you're doing it because you have a passion for it and you've worked hard and you can't wait to have this challenging experience because you know on the other end of this challenging experience, you're going to grow as a person, you're going to grow as a competitor, and it's going to reveal things about you that you'll be able to address and have the opportunity to grow and improve even more as a result. All of these are positives. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but now we're putting a, uh, looking through a a positive growth minded perspective as opposed to a, Oh no, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I'm choking perspective on it. And this was just kind of big takeaway number one for me is it threw me back into that place of feeling those things. And so for me personally, the solution here isn't to try to make that feeling go away. I'm not trying not to be nervous. I'm not trying not to be anxious. I actually kind of relish that opportunity to have that excited feeling because I know I'm getting ready to do something that's really significant and a big challenge. And that's a huge, huge plus for me in my life. It's a huge opportunity. It means that there's a huge opportunity right in front of me. And I love being able to be in that position. Okay. So that's, that's number one. Takeaway number two. So the match started and there was this, there was this moment where I had to make a dramatic mental shift leading up to the match starting. I'm having a match, like I'm as, as the, the owner of essential tennis, I have, there's two production people there. They're man, they're setting up all the cameras, all the cables, all the microphones. They're making sure all the software is connected. And so they're, they're busy like for an hour up until before uh, an hour before my match actually starts. And so I'm helping to kind of manage that process. There's two local coaches that came in to watch me play and be on camera and do commentary. So I'm, th- I'm thanking them. I'm making sure they're comfortable. I'm making sure that, that they have what they need, that everything is set up correctly. I'm writing an email to Essential Tennis Academy to let them know, hey, we're going to live stream this match. This is going to be an exclusive you know, bonus live stream for Academy. You can go watch it live. I'm, I'm, pre- you know, I'm prepping that. And my opponent shows up. So I'm thanking him. Like he's a last minute, you know, fill in and willing and able to play in front of the cameras on the court and go through that, you know, super unique challenge. The first time playing on this, on the essential tennis courts in front of all these cameras. 
with other coaches watching and we're streaming it live. And so I'm thanking him. I'm making sure he has what he needs. I'm, I'm making sure he's comfortable and, and he's you know ready to go and answering his questions and all that sort of thing. And then at, as we're going through the warm up, and I'm kind of going through that checklist in my mind of, oh, is, is everything ready? Is everything set up? Are we set to go? It all of a sudden kind of hit me and dawned on me, wow, I need to drop all of that all those things I have to completely forget about. You know, I, I see the coaches sitting up in the commentary booth, like they're watching us. I see the production guys are still scurrying around, making sure everything's set up and that they're going to continue to watch the cameras and, and audio levels and all that sort of thing. And I came face to face with that moment where all of a sudden I realized I have to completely leave all of those things mentally completely detached from all of them and just become completely focused in the moment on the present task at hand and make a huge pivot to being a competitor so that I could put all of my attention, all my mental energy away from all those things and instead be a tennis player. I had to shift from content creator to tennis player, from coach to tennis player from you know, business owner to tennis player. And I don't think I've ever had a more stark or you know, contrast in my mind mentally of having to make that mental shift and no, no longer focus on the tech, the tech, the technology, the commentators, the live audience, and just purely focus on the present. And this is something, just like the anxiety or the nervousness versus like being excited and, oh, this is great. This is something that I strongly believe takes practice. You have to develop this ability. And yesterday, when this match happened, I, it, I don't pat myself on the back very often. But this was, for me personally, in my competitive journey as a tennis player, I've never taken such a hard turn from like being externally focused to being it just totally in the present moment. And there were a couple of times I glanced up at the commentary booth throughout, you know, the, the two sets that I played against this, this other competitor. But in the past, I can tell you like in college, man, I was terrible. My eyes were constant. I mean, after every point, we're going up to the viewing area to see who is watching and what their reaction was and were they watching my court or somebody else's court or like is the coach seeing how good I'm playing or are my teammates, you know, paying attention or are they, you know, goofing off, you know, doing something like just a million different things. And yesterday when I played this match, there were the opportunity, the opportunity was there for at least that many things and probably more to be on my mind. But I'm really, honestly, I'm just really happy and really proud of myself in that moment for just pretty close to 100% switching all those things off and just putting all of my focus and attention on the match at hand. The, the job I had in front of me, 97% of my energy and attention flipped and switched over to focusing just on that. And I don't have any, you know, kind of secret mantra or phrase or trick or like just look at your strings and like fix your strings in between points or that's not it it's it's something that you 
have to experience, that you have to incrementally improve. And if some of those kind of tips or tricks along the way kind of, you know, help you bump in the right direction, that's great. But there's no like magic ritual that will just snap you into that mode and just always work. Like otherwise just everybody would just do that one thing and everybody would always be 100% focused on being a competitor, but it's not that easy. It's just not. We're human. We're not machines. We're not there's not some keystroke or like command F for focus mode and like we're we're not a machine that we can just go into that mode. It's something we have to work on and kind of develop that that mental muscle. And so my message to myself throughout those two sets was just one of continual refocusing, you know, kind of reallocating my mental energy again and again and again back to the task at hand and uh, not letting my foot off the gas mentally throughout the course of that match. And by the way, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, that match play footage hasn't been published yet, but it probably will be soon. If you want to see me, and hear my commentary as I talk about this. This whole match is going to be published to our YouTube channel at some point. So if you go to YouTube, type in Essential Tennis and subscribe to the channel there, you'll get to see me play this match. And it'll probably be around the time this episode airs, but possibly a little bit later. I'm, I'm recording this episode mid-February. I'm guessing around late February, probably, yeah, probably around the end of February is when this whole match footage will actually get published on our YouTube channel. So if you're interested, if you're curious about actually seeing me deal with this in real time, you can keep an eye out for that. It's a match play between me and Topher. Uh, T-O-P-H-E-R was my opponent that day. So just keep an eye out for that for that video. Or maybe it'll be a series of videos. All right, so that was number two. Number one was uh, nervous versus excited. Number two was making that mental shift from external, you know, all the noise going on around the court and inside myself about other things and then making that shift to being completely focused and dedicated to the task at hand. And finally, number three, as this match unfolded, and there's going to be spoilers here. I'm about to tell you how the match played out. So uh, if you want to watch the content and not know like what's going to happen in the match then i stop listening to the episode now and you can come back to it so you've been warned like spoilers uh, after this so as the match unfolded um, i broke him in the first game he broke me in the second game of the the match and so it was one to one to one and then i won 11 games in a row <laughs> so it went from us breaking each other and having to be one one and then I won six one six zero, and just absolutely just rolled over this this player. And I, I'm not I won't go into like a analysis or deconstruction of why I think that is or anything like that. What was especially challenging for me, and in hindsight now, as I look back at the match, one of my goals that I wanted to accomplish during this match was to work on hitting my new topspin backhand that I've been working on for, for months in match play. And I did hit it a couple times during this match. But by far, 
my brain and kind of my competitive self reverted to a mindset and an output of how can I keep as much pressure on this person as possible? How can I keep this train rolling in my favor? And the immediate competitive answer to that question was use my slice because my slice is old faithful. My slice is my bailout shot, the one I can rely on, the one I know is going to go into play. And so as I continued to roll, and it was 4-1, 5-1, won the first set, 6-1, and then I was up 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, and, you know, in the second set, so on and so forth. In hindsight, I wish I would have said to myself, okay, all the momentum is in my favor. Let's work on hitting more topspin backhands. And I did hit a couple. I hit, I hit my best topspin backhands I've ever hit in this match, but it was just a few. And so... I found it fascinating. I hear this question from students constantly, people that I work with in person. So, you know, I just completed 48 hours of intensive kind of technical training with a student. The most common question is always, so what do I do when I go home? Like, I I have a match scheduled in two days. Should I do my new stuff that we just worked on? Should Should I do my new forehand, my new serve? Or... Should I use my old forehand, my old serve? Because my old forehand and my old serve, like at least I know like they're going to go in the court. They, they might not be like the best way I can do it, but at least I know what's going to happen. And it was kind of fascinating for me to be in that same position where I've been working on my new backhand for months. And a, one of my main goals for this match was I wanted to work on my ability to use the new backhand in a match situation. But when my mentality changed from, oh, I'm going to play this kind of, you know, level below me player to, oh, I'm going to play this person who I'm pretty sure is basically my level. You know, this might be a flip of a coin who wins during this particular match. Once my mindset went to that and the train started rolling in my favor, All I could think of doing was just keeping my foot on the gas. How can I keep the momentum in my favor, moving in my direction? How can I keep it rolling game after game after game after game? And so, to be honest with you, I I won't go into all the details of the match, but I don't blame myself for not hitting more backhand, you know, topspin. I I don't blame myself for using the slice more than I wanted to. You know, um, if I could trade a couple of games, like if I could have given him two or three or four more games and hit twice as many or three times more topspin backhands, would that be a good trade? Yes. I would 100% take that. Like I don't need, like my ego doesn't need to win 6-1, 6-love. But in the moment, it was so difficult for me to consider letting my foot off the gas, making more mistakes on my backhand side, and letting him back in the match. And so as a competitor, I very much sabotaged my possible kind of game development opportunity because I wanted to make sure I won the match. And that is very much a universal kind of human experience on the court. It's like two different parts of our brain. There's the competitive, like, 
want to win, like kind of ego, you know, side of the self. And then there's the improvement journey, like long-term development side of the self. And they're very much at odds with each other. And it's really difficult in the moment to choose one over the other. And when you have my personality, it's very difficult to choose development over winning. And I don't have like a, you know, the solution, in air quotes, like the solution (laughs) to that is not in this podcast episode. I will simply leave you by saying that I don't think there is a solution. I think it's a subjective thing. You have to put a personal kind of value judgment on which is more important to you, that short-term result or that long-term development. And my one critique of myself, uh, I could give several critiques, although I I played extreme, like way better than I thought I would that day. But the main critique in hindsight of myself is that I wish I would have been secure enough, you know, in myself to let a few more games go in exchange for long-term developmental practice and training and hitting more of those tops from backhands. But I just want you to know that I struggle with it too. And it's something I will continue to work on. And I don't necessarily consider it a failure, but just something I strongly observed and I wanted to pass on that story to you. So hopefully hearing about this experience has illuminated something for you, hopefully challenged your thinking in some way or giving you some kind of new perspective on something related to competitive output. From my perspective, this is the truth about being nervous and the truth about long-term development versus short-term success and also the truth about focusing in the moment versus being distracted by everything else going on around us. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate having you as a listener. Take care, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.